Hi, I'm Mike Dilk and you're listening to the Relax Bank UK show. The show that explores all kinds of health topics relevant to you, your family and your friends. Each week I talk to expert guests from a range of backgrounds to inform and entertain you. So please do join the Relax Bank UK family and stay tuned. Hi and welcome to the Relax Bank UK show. If you're listening to the podcast version, please remember to subscribe and share. If you are on the UK health radio platform, you're part of a family of 40,000 people each week that listen into the show and part of the larger UK health radio family, which has 1.3 million listeners each month. Now, this week, some potentially bad news for all of us. By the time you're 65, you may have lost up to a quarter of your muscle mass. And that is a very unhealthy state to be for a whole raft of reasons. Dr. Max Gowland tells us why we lose strength as we get older, but more importantly, what we can do about it. So please do stay tuned for a great show on the topic of sarcopenia. Dr. Max Gowland is a scientific advisor in health, nutrition, wellness and longevity. He's a PhD, he's not a medical doctor, and he's been on the show before. So the first thing I did was welcome him back. Great to be here again, Mike. Now, I want to pick your brains about something which kind of sounds, it has a really nasty sounding name. And let's see if I get it right. Sarcopenia. Did I get that right? You got it absolutely perfect. Yes, sarcopenia. There's nothing to do with being sarcopenia. People have heard of it, Mike. Very few people, but it's we're all suffering from it in a way later in life. Yeah, and it's nothing to do with being sarcastic, uh, which I'm sometimes told off about um, for being by my wife. It's kind of essentially how we all get a bit weaker as we get older, um, and it's just part of life. But do I mean do we really get? weaker or is it just because as we get older we get a bit lazier and don't exercise quite so much so we just get a bit weaker through our own fault or is it sort of somehow biologically programmed in it's all of those it's all of the above basically (laughs) it's all of the above there's no simple yes it's this and it's not that but as we get older mike what happens is first of all we lose quite a lot of muscle mass After the age of around 45, for example, we lose about 1% to 2% of muscle mass every single year. So if you work that out, it means by the time you're 65, which these days is middle-aged, let's be honest, that's not old these days. By the time you're 65, you may have lost up to a quarter of your muscle mass. And that is a very unhealthy state to be for a whole raft of reasons. I mean, that sounds 1% or 2% a year or whatever, it doesn't sound very much. But when you sort of compound interest it to a quarter, suddenly that's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And when we're sort of 75, 85 plus, you're, you're talking 2 three, two or 3% per annum. Um, so, yeah, sarcopenia, it literally means loss of flesh. That's the uh, actual, it's either Latin or Greek, I can't remember. But that's basically what it means. And we are losing muscle mass, you know, after the age of 40, 45, slowly but surely. But as as you said, why does it happen? Well, first of all, we are getting a little bit more sedentary as we get older. There's there's no question. Okay, you get mad guys like me who who are not. I'm still going to the gym three or four times a week. I'm doing Zumba with my wife because I know how important exercise is uh, to, you know, stave off frailty later in life. 
But I would guess that most people are not doing enough exercise by the time they're getting into their 60s. And I think that's a very unhealthy state to be in. So the more sedentary you are, the faster you're going to lose muscle mass. And loss of muscle mass is associated with a whole range of chronic diseases. Okay. So what apart from potentially doing slightly less exercise, you know, what what's causing it? Why are we kind of losing all this muscle? Yeah, it's what happens, Mike, is on a daily basis, um, our muscles are composed of protein, okay? And protein is made of little bricks or building blocks called amino acids. On a daily basis, when we're young, it's kind of in equilibrium. We lose a bit of muscle mass, we gain a bit of muscle mass. So it's amino acids that we ingest in our protein and our food, our building muscle. And of course, the muscle is being used. Every time muscle is used, it uh, metabolizes and you lose a few amino acids. But right. that equilibrium is about 50-50 when we're young. When we're older though, Mike, what happens is we tend to lose more muscle mass than we actually gain. And that is the problem. So do we get less good at processing our food, like extracting the proteins from whatever we eat? Or yeah, yeah. what's going yeah, on? Yeah, we do. We, we, we definitely do. Um, you know, we, we it's well recognized in terms of micronutrients, at least, that we do not absorb nearly as well the micronutrients from our food when we're older than when we're younger. Uh, that's obviously everything to do with the uh, aging gut. Vitamin D, which is essential for uh, muscle and muscle protein synthesis, um, and protein is muscle, as I said, um, we don't get enough vitamin D in our diet, and we don't tend to make vitamin D particularly fast in our skin. A lot of people say, I'll go in the sun for 10 minutes. Uh, that's fine when you're 20. When you're 60, you probably need more like 40 minutes. Um, and I don't want to expose myself for 40 minutes in the sun because of other health problems. So, yeah, we, we have to be a bit careful. I mean, muscle is also very sensitive to a stimulus. Um, and by a stimulus, I mean a resistance. So if we're not getting that stimulus, in other words, when we're sedentary, we're not getting that stimulus. Again, we, we have less mechanical load on the muscles, and therefore that will give rise to muscle atrophy or loss of muscle. Right. Um, we have so less. Are we just kind of living longer than we were designed to? Is is, is that essentially the problem? <laughs> um, well, that that's a whole new podcast, isn't it? You know, how long can the average human being live? <laughs> I mean, the average now is about eighty. It's eighty-two for women and seventy-nine for men. Although it's come down a little bit, I suspect mostly due to COVID uh, statistics. Um, but yeah, you you could you could argue we're not designed to live to one hundred and fifty. But um, there is absolutely no reason why a 60 or 70-year-old should be frail. No reason at all, providing they keep exercising, preferably resistance exercising. Aerobic exercise is, is great, but anything which actually is resistant, like a press-up or a squat or something like that, a typical gym exercise – uh, is very, very beneficial. And if you talk to the expert, the real scientific expert, world experts, they will always say that resistance exercise is the key exercise for older people, not aerobic exercise, although both are important. Right. Okay. So where does running fit into that? Like if you go for a jog, uh, well, if I go for a jog, you know, I get out of breath, but is that classed as a resistance exercise? 
It's semi. It's certainly aerobic. We all know that. We get out of breath. But also, there's a certain amount of resistance. Um, I mean, I'll show you. I'll show you what happens um, yeah. to. I know it's radio, but ju just just so I can explain it better. Um, if you take an MRI scan of uh, a very healthy leg, you'll have the bone in the middle. Um, the gray mass around it will be muscle mass, and then you've got skin around that. So yeah. that's a healthy muscle. But if you take it's somebody mostly muscle, I'm looking at the picture now, and it, it's it's mostly muscles. The good solid muscle in your leg, yeah, yeah. It's it's ninety percent muscle. But if you then uh, look at somebody who's in their sixties, um, you've got a lot more fat mass on the outside. That's pretty obvious. And then you get an ingress of fat into the muscle, and you get a massive reduction in the muscle as well. So the BMI of that person might be the same. They may look the same outwardly, but inside there is much less uh, muscle. That's, yeah. that's classic sarcopenia. That's a healthy person. Now, if you are very, very sedentary, you will end up with really a very small muscle mass and a huge amount of fat mass around the leg. That's, that's a cross-section of the leg. But that is somebody who has actually exercised. This guy is a triathlete. He's about 70 years old. And you can see, and I know this is radio, but take it from me, virtually all of that leg is muscle. Yeah, He's not a muscle giant. He's not a bodybuilder. He's just a triathlete guy. And that shows what can be done even in our 70s, providing we keep exercising. Yeah, And there was a massive difference in those two pictures. You know, ev everyone could see that. You know, you, you don't have to be a medic to, to kind of figure out the, the difference there. It was just a lot more muscle in the cross-section of, of this guy's leg. So would he have been fabulously fit his whole life, though? I mean, you know, if you've been a bit of a couch potato and you get to age 60 and you think, hang on a moment, I, I, I need to do something about this. Um, I mean, obviously, it's never too late, but will you end up with that the amount of muscle that that guy's got? Unlikely. I mean, it's certainly never too late, but there are people in their, you know, 60s, 70s, and indeed 80s, who can reverse that sarcopenia to a certain extent. So they may have been sedentary, and then one day they wake up and they say, actually, this is unhealthy. My doctor's right. told me to do this and this. And you can actually rebuild back some of that muscle tissue and that strength, even in your 70s and 80s. Okay, you're never going to get back to a, a, a muscle mass or uh, of a 20, 30-year-old, but clearly you can build back extra muscle tissue, yeah. That will help balance, it'll help gait, walking speed, and it'll help general health. All right. Let me ask a, a, a very selfish question. So um, I've started just in the last few weeks doing a bit of skipping in the morning. And the reason for that is because um, I'm always short on time. And I find that skipping is so intense, I can only do it for a few minutes, and then it's like, job done, and I feel like I've done some exercise. Now, is that um it wears me out and i feel like i've done exercise would that be classed as resistance training perhaps not um i mean it'll be very healthy it to me skipping is a kind of hit it's a high impact train it's a high intensity training and like you say you will be incredibly out of breath very quickly and you will get tremendous aerobic fitness from that and you'll certainly build up uh mineral bone density you know you're putting yeah. a lot of pressure on your bones up and down so that's great for your bone health it certainly will be good for your muscle health, but it will not be as good as a squat, for example, right. where okay. you're putting slow resistance into your muscles. Um, and it, it's certainly worth thinking about resistance training as, as we get older. All right. Maybe I'll have to store that away for 
doing something about my own personal exercise um, regime. So, but let, let's go on. So if, if you do get a bit weaker as we get older, well, I mean, we all will get a bit weaker, but a, a, a lot weaker or a bit weaker. Is it, is it, what's, what's, what's the problem with that? I mean, I suppose on one hand, we've got extreme frailty and we've all seen old people that are very frail and, you know, have trouble walking and are worried about falling, all that sort of thing. So that's definitely a problem. Um, what else, you know, other than that, does it matter? Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I think the, let me just quickly go back to that because that is a really key point. I mean, if we're short of muscle mass, um, we're going to be weaker. Um, we also lose what's called fast twitch muscle fibers, let's say type one and type two. Type one are more aerobic, type two are uh, fast twitch, uh, accelerative, uh, explosive. And we tend to lose those. And they're the kind of fibers uh, in our muscle that are required for balance. Because when you're trying to balance on one foot, you can feel the foot wobbling. Um, yeah. And it's trying to, you know, it's trying to, all the muscles are firing and, uh, in, in different directions to try and get that stability. And you tend to lose that. And that's why we tend to fall over a little bit more as we get older. And I just want to say, when you fall, it's obvious we have a much higher uh, possibility of a fracture because typically our bone density, our bone strength will be far less osteoporosis. Um, and if you get a hip fracture there, you know, in your 60s, 70s, then unfortunately, these statistics are not as good as you think. Um, if you look at some of the le very learned journals, um, which I regularly look at in on PubMed, uh, the latest science is saying that 27% of people will die within 12 months after a hip fracture. Uh, that is fact. That that that's pretty scary. And is that of people or of people of a certain age? Older people, older right. people, and a lot of that is because it's possibly associated with other chronic illnesses. But getting a fracture as you get older is not good. So again, everything you can do to fight against that, to stay healthy, strong, uh, with enough muscle mass is key. Um, but just answering the rest of your question. I mean, if you look at the other things, the other chronic problems we have or we see with people with sarcopenia or uh, age-related muscle loss, typically they will have a faster decline in cognition and other neurological uh, uh, areas. Their cells tend to uh, suffer what's called cellular senescence. That's when the cells are nearly dying, but they still exist as zombie cells. They keep on living. They're senescent cells, and they produce inflammatory things, mm -hmm. you know, inflammatory chemicals, biochemicals, um, which can then um, cause other cells to go likewise. That's a very unhealthy situation. Nobody wants inflammation. Um, that sounds potentially cancerous as well. Well, cells yes. Hanging around and behaving badly. You are 100% correct. Inflammation can be a precursor to cancer in some situations, without a doubt. Um poor nutrition, you know, that's something else we have to look at. I mean, those people with sarcopenia tend to have poor nutrition. They tend to eat less protein. They tend to have less vitamin D, for example, uh, and they tend to have less appetite. So again, fueling our bodies on a daily basis with the right amount of protein, and protein is something we should spend a couple of minutes of, is absolutely essential. And I can tell you from, you know, the various 
uh, scientific papers I've been reading and stuff from Public Health England uh, and, and a whole range of diet and nutrition studies across the world, the over 65s are really quite desperately short in terms of the amount of protein they're taking in compared to the RDA, the recommended daily allowance, okay. which, by the way, is hopelessly out of date, Mike, which I'll right. talk about in a sec. I, I definitely want to come back to diet and ways of staving off uh, sarcopenia. But I've got another selfish question for you. Right? You, were, you were talking about um, when people get older and they get frail and they might lose their, their balance more often, which could lead to, to falls. Now, I'm doing an exercise, and this isn't, I've just started doing this. It's, it's not because I'm sort of worried about old age. Um, you know, I'm 56, so I'm, I'm not incredibly older, but I'm not looking in the future. I'm, I've just started doing this, possibly because I'm a bit weird. I don't know. When I brush my teeth, I stand on one leg for 30 seconds, and then I keep standing on the same leg with my eyes shut for the next 30 seconds, and then I change to the other leg. Um, which does two things. It may, it means I brush my teeth for two minutes, which is probably a good thing. But what about that for balance? Will that help me in later life, do you think? Without a doubt, without a doubt. It's funny, I, you must have been listening to other podca podcast guys because it's well known that uh, as we get older, uh, it's much more difficult to stand on one foot. And standing on one foot, it sounds pathetic, I know, but standing on one foot is a very good exercise to try and stave off this uh, this loss of balance. And when you close your eyes, it's five times more difficult. Uh, so if you can brush your teeth standing on one leg um, in the dark or with your eyes closed, that's fantastic. Because it's, yeah. you know, science has proven it is much more difficult. Um, but I would encourage you to do something additional. Um, yeah. That's great for balance. But I remember watching a program, I think it was on Trust Me, I'm a Doctor, uh, about three or four years ago, and they did an experiment with over 70s, and they measured their strength in their legs, and they told them every time they brush their teeth, morning and night, they just do 10 squats. So they're doing right. this, and they're going up and down 10 times. You know, that's nothing, is it, when you're 25? When you're 75, yeah, it's a little bit stressful, but they did it, and they did it for six weeks. And the results were extraordinary. Basically... Um, I can't remember the exact percentages, but I think they they actually increased their leg muscle mass by about seven or eight percent in uh, six or seven weeks. But they also increased their strength by about ten percent as well. So all these little interventions can make one heck of a difference if we do them on a regular basis. Sure, regular basis is probably the key. Yes. Yes. Okay. In interesting. All right. So look, we've established that it is a problem. And it can lead on to all sorts of um, different things. Uh, actually, I, I did a bit of reading about some of the other things that it might lead on to. And, and, and there were things listed such as osteoporosis and cardio disease, type 2 diabetes. And I, I must admit, I was struggling a bit here with is that kind of caused by sarcopenia or does it seem to occur at the same time, you know? because you're just getting yeah. a bit older. It, it, it didn't seem, uh, the, the causation, I was a bit lost there. Yeah, causation is, is very difficult. I mean, the only real way of proving causation is to do a proper RCT, a randomized control trial, where you have a placebo and then you have the intervention uh, or the test. And of course, you can't, you need to do that over 20, 30 years. 
and it's impossible to do that. So people run what's called an epi study, an epidemiological study, which is where they just follow the cohorts of people over many, many years. Um, and, and that's the only real way of doing it. I think I'll say one very important thing on that. Um, muscle mass is associated with mortality. The, there is a straight line projection that the, the less muscle mass you have as you get older, the more chance you will die. It sounds a bit over the top, but the science is there. So right. retaining a certain amount of muscle mass is very, very important. Another thing with muscle mass is uh, type 2 diabetes. You know, We've heard it on the news over the last couple of days. I think it was four or five million people have type 2. I did a, a podcast with you some time ago, and I was saying, well, there's a lot of people in pre-diabetes. I think it was 13 million are waiting to go into that diabetic cycle. And having muscle mass is very important to help fight against type 2. And the reason for that is when you eat your meal uh, full of carbs, which then turn into glucose, which is a type of sugar, that glucose, ten, uh, most of it tends to go into the liver, but most of it goes to the muscle. If you've got very small muscle mass, You've then got a lot of glucose floating around wanting to go somewhere. What does okay. it do? It will turn into fat. Mm -hmm. We don't want that, but that's what will happen. If you've got larger muscles, and I'm not talking bodybuilding, if you've got larger muscle mass, um, that glucose will go into the muscles um, and be stored as what's called glycogen for later reserve. You've not got enough muscle mass, that glucose will, will not be disposed in the right places. And therefore you'll have a higher amount of glucose in your bloodstream and therefore, sorry, and therefore you will have a higher possibility of ending up with uh, insulin resistance, which is type two diabetes. Okay. All right. Um, interesting. All right. So we've established it's the problem. We've spoken about some of the things to do about it. And it's essentially it, it's uh, exercise resistance type exercise. We did touch a bit on diet, so let's let's really <laughs> um, talk about diet now. Um, the diet needs to be high protein. Is that right? I would say high protein, but a reasonable amount of protein. So let, let me share some of the facts. Um, the RDA recommended daily allowance for protein is set by the various organisations, policy making bodies. Many years, many years ago. The RDAs are quite out of date in some respects. And it was set at 0.8 grams per kilo of body weight per day. Let's put that in simple terms. It's around 60 grams per person for an average size person. Okay, about 60 grams. Um, the latest science, and I mean multiple scientific papers published in the last five, six, seven years, um, basically is saying as we get older, we actually need around 100 grams. <laughs> That's 1 to 1.2 grams per kilo per day, about 100 grams of pure protein, not meat, pure protein. So how do you eat 100 grams of pure protein? Put that into real terms. What is that in terms of food? Well, it's actually about three or four chicken breasts. Uh, that is a lot of meat for somebody to eat. Uh, it, yeah. If it's not that, it's multiple glasses of, of milk. If it's not that, it's 18 eggs if you actually work it out. No one's going to eat that kind of <laughs> that kind of protein in their food. And when 
unfortunately, uh, you know, some health professionals say you can get everything in your food. I'm afraid they're not really up with the latest science. The latest science is saying 100 grams plus, some are saying more, and it's rather difficult without supplementation to actually get that 100 grams. You're not going to get it. No one's going to eat four chicken breasts. Okay, you get a three or four grams in your bran flakes, you might get you know, five or six grams you know, in, three, in two slices of bread, but you're not going to get to your 100 grams easily. So I'm a great believer in supplementing with additional protein in the form of you know, whey protein drinks uh, or so- soy protein drinks or whatever. So we need to get that extra, uh, that extra protein. If you don't get that extra protein in, you will lose muscle mass again. Again, I'm not trying to scaremonger, Mike, but that's the facts. You can't build muscle if you haven't got the protein, the building block, to build that muscle. No, I get it. All right. Very interesting stroke concerning. Um, I, I must admit, I did a little bit of, and this is me being a bit cheeky, all right? So this is just, if in my, most uh, discussions, I ask one impossible question, all right? So your, yours is coming up now. So I did a, I did a bit of um, Googling and I thought, right, where is the most, where do the most vegetarians live in the world? And I, I decided, right, be India. So I, I looked up the population of India. It's 1.4 billion. And I, I found, an est- this is on Google, right? So it's probably about right. I found an estimate that said about 25% of them are, are vegetarian. So that they're not eating four chicken breasts a day. So, and I, you don't hear news that, you know, 250 million people are suffering from sarcopenia. Well, it won't be. It'll be the, the people that are old out of that group potentially suffering from, from sarcopenia in, in India. So are, are, are they suffering in silence or is there something else going on? You know, it just doesn't make the news or they don't live as long as, as we do here. Or It just struck me as, you know, strange. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say sarcopenia is a chronic suffering disease. Sarcopenia is just a natural part of aging. Right. Um, and in India, too, there will be people who are getting older and thinner. Yeah. Um, it's very clear that if you're on a, a vegetarian diet, it's much more difficult to get that protein in. And obviously, I've just set the bar even higher from going from 60 to 100 grams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and therefore, if you're a vegetarian, it, it's going to be virtually impossible to do that. So, yeah, by definition, they will be losing more muscle mass per day than somebody who is eating uh, meat, chicken, dairy, or whatever. Now, I, I just want to prove that. Uh, I haven't got a graph to show you because it's radio, but it's certainly in my head. There's a very famous study, a multi-million pound study that was done a few years ago called the Houston ABC study. And they followed two and a half thousand people over three years. So it's mm-hmm. a fairly short-term study. Um, but they measured them. They were they measured their diet. What are they actually eating based on food diaries, which is never fantastically accurate. Um, and they also looked at their muscle mass uh, using what's called DEXA, which is like dual energy X-rays. Um, and it's a it's a really really good study. And I can see the graph in front of me in my head now. The people who ate the least protein, um, they lost uh, just under one kilogram of pure muscle over three years. 
the people who ate most protein, they only lost about 300 grams over right. the three years. Um, and that's nothing to do with exercise. That was purely protein intake. Yeah. Um, and there are other studies like that. And that's a huge difference, actually, between those two groups, isn't it? Yeah. And that's only three years. Think yeah. about 20 years. Yeah. Um, uh, and eventually, you know, th th that'll be three, four, five, six kilogram difference. So, yeah, those guys in India, 25%, you said, yeah, they'll be losing more muscle mass than I personally would like to see, to be honest. Goodness me. All right. So you, you mentioned taking of supplements. It's, look, um, what are the supplements? And actually, are the supplements vegetarian? I, I don't know anything about protein supplements. Yeah. Well, protein basically are amino acids joined together. That is a protein. Um, and, you know, we are composed mostly of protein. You know, we, collagen is the, mo is the biggest protein in our bodies, but there are many, many, many types of protein in our bodies. Um, a supplement really should be a high quality protein. And there's two types of protein, roughly. One is a plant-based protein. The other is an animal or a dairy-based protein. Um, typically, an animal stroke dairy protein will have 20 to 30%, sorry, a meat or a dairy will typically have 20 to 30% protein. That's a high protein. Typically, a plant-based source of protein will have anywhere between three and 10%. So if you're a plant-based guy, it's much more difficult even then to get um, uh, your supplementation in unless you are using a really high quality, well-formulated plant-based protein uh, you know, mix. And they do exist. They do exist. There are a whole stack of whey protein-based products. Whey is, if you like, the most anabolic part of milk. If you take milk protein, it's around 80% casein and 20% whey. And whey is a very, very, very good protein, very good digestibility. It's very similar to the protein we, we need or have in our bodies. Mm -hmm. um, and it always comes out top in terms of fighting against sarcopenia. Um, so I would always say, unless you're a vegetarian or a vegan, I would always go, go for an animal or a dairy-based protein source in any protein powder. And usually they are protein powders, although you can get protein liquids as well. I mean, certainly uh, one of the companies, Prime 50, make a fantastic product, which is called Maintaining Muscle, because it is all about maintenance. And that's a protein-based product, uh, milk protein-based product, but it also has a stack of micronutrients as well, because some of the micronutrients are needed to help make uh, protein, things like vitamin D, calcium, uh, potassium, uh, zinc and magnesium. They're the, they're the big five that are also needed in addition to protein itself. Okay. All right. So there are, there are options if you're, if yes. you're getting worried about this, certainly. Um, is it more of a problem with men and women? I'm just thinking kind of anecdotally, you m more often see frail old women than frail old men, or is that because, I don't know, women tend to live longer? I'm not sure. Well, yeah, women do on average live about three years uh, longer than men. You're right there. Um, women also start off with far less muscle mass than men anyway. So it sort of makes right. sense that they end up with far less uh, later in life. Uh, that would sort of make sense to me. Okay. So potentially it's more of a problem for women, but it is a problem for everyone. And it, it really, after chatting to you, it really does seem that it's, it's worthwhile taking this seriously because, uh, you know, why not be fitter when you're older? It's it's <laughs> it just makes life Absolutely. better. 
Absolutely. It, it's so important, you know, and I don't mean, you know, having to do a two hour gym session or, or, or run marathons and crazy things like that, although that's great. Um, it's all about just regular exercise, preferably resistant exercises we keep talking about. Um, and if you're not doing anything, you will notice a huge difference literally within three, four, five weeks. Um, obviously, that tails off. It's eventually um and you 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 eventually reach a plateau but it's a plateau of health um you know as, as i as, as i said before you know having that muscle mass is associated with so many other health benefits not just strength and balance and gait and walking speed but other things like type 2 diabetes we talked about cellular senescence better cognition uh, and it just goes on and on and on Okay, right. If people are listening to this and thinking, right, I'm going to take this seriously. I want to find a good resource where I can do a bit me bit more research, find out a bit more for myself. Uh, can you point people uh, to a, a good place, a, a good website or something to, for people to check out? Sure. I mean, you could start by looking at my own website, for example. I've, I've got a nice blog on uh, muscle health and right. loss of muscle with aging, and that's at www drmaxhealth.com. Excellent. Okay. That sounds like a, a very good start. So, Max, thank you very much indeed for chatting. I think it's very interesting and potentially very helpful for a lot of people. Pleasure. It's a great subject. I enjoy talking about it so much. I'm just so passionate about it. So, good. yeah, let's, let's keep up the training. Very, good. very important. All right. Many thanks. Thank you very much to my guest on this week's show, Dr. Max Gowland talking about sarcopenia and ways to avoid it. And of course, thank you very much to you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Relax Back UK show. Join me, Mike Dilk, again next week for more fascinating interviews and chat. If you're listening to the podcast version, please subscribe, like, and share it with your family and friends. And have a healthy week. Until next week.